What Jesus is doing here, and it started with what Dan did earlier in the service, he's walking this tightrope between liberals and conservatives. You know, sometimes we walk that tightrope. Think of Democrats and Republicans. You know, if, if you're walking this narrow line and you do something where you say, you know, I actually agree with the president on that. What? Are you a Republican? You know, I'm just trying to walk this tightrope. Or you say, oh, I disagree with the president. What? Are you a Democrat? You know, it's so easy to label in our binary world this or that. You know, I know it wasn't without reason that Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, because it's hard. It's hard to walk that path between liberal and conservative. If you've ever um, tried to talk to somebody about why LGBTQ persons should be included fully in the life of a church or why LGBTQ persons should have same-gender marriage, you walk that tightrope where somebody will say, well, you're not Christian. You don't believe in the Bible. Well, yeah, I do, but I believe in a broader interpretation of it. This is what Jesus is up against. Jesus, if we're supposed to love our enemies, where's the line drawn? Do we love everybody? Don't you have any standards? Don't you think people should believe a certain way? Jesus, the law says this. Are you doing away with the law? Are you doing away with what we were taught? Jesus, if if people are free to express who they love, does that mean everything goes and anything goes? Shouldn't there be some repression and some obeying the law somewhere? Jesus, come on. It's been my experience with this debate between progressives and evangelicals and liberals and conservatives that both sides can be pretty judgmental, pretty harsh, pretty self-righteous, pretty arrogant, and pretty rude in looking down on others and making others feel like they're outsiders. So Jesus is walking this tightrope between liberals and conservatives in Judaism. Jesus, you said this, you're not a good Jew. So everything that is said in this passage, Jesus is saying, the law says, Moses said, and he's grounding himself in tradition. But then he says, but that doesn't cover the full range of human experience and feeling and emotion. There's more going on in a human life than just the law. 
And in light of that, Jesus says, I'm going to give you another way. I'd call it the Jesus way or the kingdom way. And Jesus, in this passage, talks about four things. Anger, lust, divorce, and oath-keeping. Now you say, what does that have to do with me? Well, aren't those four topics basically the headline of the paper every day? Isn't this what we hear about every time we turn on cable news? Isn't this what we hear about every time we go online on our computer? Anger? Don't we hear about how angry our country is? Lust? Don't we hear constantly about sexual harassment and sexual abuse? Divorce? And I'll explain this later. Don't we hear constantly about mistreatment of women? Me too? And keeping oaths? Aren't we hearing all the time about lying and fake news? This scripture passage is ripped from the headlines, as law and order would say. So, um, I'm going to go through these four points that Jesus does. You have heard it said, you shall not commit murder. That's foundational to almost any religion in the world. You shall not murder. Jesus accepts that as a foundation. But he goes on to say, you know, religion is about the interior life, and he pushes it further. And he says those who have anger in their heart have committed murder in their heart. That anger is destructive, not only of the person with whom we're angry, but it's destructive of me. And it blocks my discipleship. Before Christmas, Linda Middleberg and I were walking south on Neal Avenue at 6.30 in the morning. It was dark. And Linda and I, as old people, walk looking down at the ground because of the cracks and the unevenness of the sidewalk along Neal. And it's easy to trip and stumble, which we do. And Linda and I were engaged, really, in this intense conversation. And, and so we were walking in the dark, looking down, not paying any attention to anything around us. And this jogger came toward me and got right in front of me and screamed the Lord's full name in my face, first and last name. <laughs> and I, who am given to being a smart aleck, 
turned as she went by and said, please don't confuse me with the Lord. <laughs> Linda, who is more mature than I, said, wow, that's a lot of anger for 6.30 in the morning. She said, what's she going to be like the rest of the day? I'm glad I'm not her carrying that anger. You know, I didn't tell anybody that story the rest of the day. Because actually, when she screamed right in my face, it felt like the words went through my chest and penetrated me. And every time I thought of that, the rest of the day, I felt a pressure on my chest. She didn't murder me. She didn't touch me. But that anger got to me. And I thought, what's that anger doing to her? We've had experiences, I'm sure, of people we don't like. We might even hate them. And we project, if we know we're going to see them, we project what they're going to say, what they're going to do. And we have in our head this whole argument because we know they're going to do this and we know that we're going to respond and we know that they're going to say this and we... And we have this relationship in our head with the person with whom we're angry. And it eats us up and it preoccupies our time. And it matters, it determines how we treat other people and how we treat that person. And Jesus says, if you got that anger, Go to that person and reconcile with them. Now, reconciliation is a two-person proposition. You've got to have two to reconcile. But Jesus understands that making the attempt to reconcile frees the individual of that anger and that hatred that eats away at them and eats away at the relationship. And the person is freed. Next, Jesus says, you've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Well, that's foundational to almost every religion in the world. I'm not aware of a religion that doesn't say that. But Jesus pushes it further and says, I say to you, if you have lust... You've committed adultery. Lust. Reducing a person to a body part. Wanting to consume that person. Wanting to possess that person and control that person. To have power over that person. Lust is creating a fantasy relationship in my head just like that fantasy relationship of hatred. 
but this is lust. And Jesus is saying, our relationships that are healthy aren't in our head, they're in real life. Cut it out. Do away with that which causes you to create this fantasy relationship and objectify people. My gosh, all the sexual harassment and abuse we've heard about this week. And Jesus says, don't create that fantasy in your head. Cut it out. That's good advice. The third is divorce. Most religions will say divorce is a last resort. In that culture, it was all about the man. Women couldn't divorce, men could. The man held all the cards, the man had all the power, the man called the shots. The woman basically had no rights. And there are, there are stories of certain rabbis who said, if your wife burns breakfast and you're unhappy, you can leave a certificate of divorce with the rabbi after breakfast, and the rabbi would go to the wife and say, it's over, you're out. The woman was powerless in the face of the man. And Jesus is saying here, no. This power discrepancy, this power differential does not exist in a marriage. The partners are equal. The man and the woman, the partners, are equal. If you ever said anything revolutionary, there it is. And are we not dealing in our society still with the inequality of men and women? And Jesus' answer is, you're equal. That's the Jesus way. The last one is keep your oaths that you make before the Lord. That's probably also in every religion. What was going on is people were spinning and hair splitting, which enabled them to lie. I have a colleague who on occasion will talk to me and he will say, well, to tell you the truth, John, and I think, well, what have you been telling me? <laughs> to be honest, John, well, haven't you been? And it's in, interesting in the news where we talk about all these oaths, you know, and perjury. And, well, they lied, but it wasn't under oath. So is that okay? You know? Jesus says, no. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't spin it. Don't talk about whether, you know, the, the meaning of is. And don't nuance things so people will 
will think you're saying what they want you to say, but you're really not. And if they come back, you say, oh, no, I didn't really mean that. I didn't really say that. You didn't listen closely enough. Jesus is just saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. When I think about what Jesus is actually saying here, he's really talking about how we don't treat human beings as human beings. When we have that hatred, when we have that lust, when we have that inequality of relationship, when we lie, we've dehumanized the other person. We, we've treated them with disdain. We have treated them as an object to be manipulated and worked around. We've reduced them in many cases to a body part or a body function, taking away their humanity. When Jesus talks about hate, he says, um, I tell you, if you call your neighbor fool, well, the word Jesus uses is chraka, chraka. It's a guttural word that it's like you're spitting or hacking it out. Um, I'd like to do it to Chris now. No, no. Okay. But, I mean, it's intentional that he uses that word. You're treating that other person as something to be spit upon. And Jesus says, no. They're not an object to be spit upon. They're a human being. Don't take away their humanity. Acknowledge their humanity and treat them as human beings. Last week, Jesus talked about us being salt and light and, and how to be disciples in the world. Well, this is the next, stu- next step. How to be disciples in the world is to acknowledge the humanity of our neighbor to acknowledge the humanity of those we call our enemies, to acknowledge the humanity of those we dislike. One of the things that I've observed is when, when I treat people as objects, I've become an object, and I'm denying my own humanity. Jesus is just simply saying here, if you want to be human, treat your neighbor as human. May it be so. Amen.